impact and spanking is, I mean, it's a classic, but it mm-hmm. just is one of my favorites. So they kind of over the knee, kind of pin down impact play with a lot of verbal play and very verbal. So a lot of talking through that is kind of my happy place. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. Joining me on today's episode of That Sex Chick is the Funny Dom, or as my team affectionately calls him, TFD. You may know him by his funny and kinky memes on Instagram. TFD is a content creator, kink advocate, and sadistic daddy dom from Melbourne, Australia, who chooses to remain anonymous in the public eye. Y'all know that I live a very out loud life on social media. And having someone on the show who isn't necessarily open with who they are in the regular world and within the world of sexual development really is a first for us. And I'm not going to lie, I was in my feels a bit about it all, which we will touch on in the show. But the Funny Dom brought such a grounded and safe vibe to our conversation about DS, dominance and submission aftercare, which is a big topic we talked about, sex play, squirting, and so much more. I am so excited that I get to share this experienced Daddy Dom's wisdom and views with all of you, and I am so happy that I chose to take on this interview against my initial feelings about having someone on the show who was going to keep their identity private. I hope that y'all enjoy the show. So it's funny to start a podcast, to start a recording and not know the person's name. Yeah, I suppose you know my, a big element of my identity, but not that conventional name. Yeah. So. Well, we affectionately call you TFD on our side Mm -hmm. to make it easy, which I'm sure you might abbreviate. What your forward-facing identity is as well. Is there a particular reason why you chose to go by the funny dom and to not show your face, share your real name? Um, I think I knew early on that I was probably going to part of this representation and exploration would be sharing quite a lot and sharing a lot of kind of intimate elements. And so keeping a a fundamental degree of anonymity felt safe and healthy and like a way to balance out and allow what else I wanted to do in this space. And so far, yeah, it's really worked that way. So I I do share a lot day to day and a lot through voice and through contact and time and energy and obviously, you know, opinion and connection. And so having a artwork piece of a photo, but not a photo, it's just that one degree, you know, that just keeps it. I think it also helps to keep an element of mystery too, so that the focus isn't on me, so that the focus is more on what the content is and what the work is and what the point is and what the space is about. So, yeah, I did put a lot of thought into it and it does feel safer. It feels kind of healthier. Sure. And I imagined, I I had a feeling, you know, that a lot of what you were going to say in response to that question is what you then just shared and kind of something stood out to me. I think you share components from what I gather on your Instagram, you share aspects of what you do behind the scenes as well. So if your clients or people that work with you know that you're also anonymous to a really big degree, then I imagine that feels pretty safe for them as well. I think so. Yeah, I hope so. That's definitely, again, part of the intention is to give a kind of a safe space through that anonymity and through that disconnection, often geographic, where people can engage in something dynamic or something discussion-based with someone where 
there's a, an element of trust through that awareness of of opinion and time and energy again, but there is a distance at the same time, which feels safe for this kind of thing that often has a lot of vulnerability and a lot of risk, you know? So I think it kind of works as a, as a plus. Obviously I do get a lot of, a lot of the audience and followers asking me, you know, when are you going to do that kind of reveal or can I see, and I just, I just explain why I'm not going to do that. And I do like to, tease them a little bit. I do often show them peeks at, you know, a hand holding a, my coffee or, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, my teasers. Uh, yeah, new boot. I just got a new pair of boots. So I just showed I saw in your socks. a new shoe and a new socks and get a lot of, um, a lot of emoji reactions to those, yeah. <laughs> which is fun. Yeah. I enjoy that, that little bit of playful, you know, sadism is very fun. But, yeah, the actual, just a photo or doing like a live video is just not, this is kind of one of the few things that I'm not going to do. Sure, sure. So I admittedly had a bit of a challenge with that initially when we were first connecting about having you come on the show. And I even brought it up to my team a couple of times. At first, I don't think I realized it. I knew you had a cartoon image, but I didn't know what that meant for, you know, doing podcasts and making other types of appearances. Cause I've had people on the show that what they have as on their social media and like Instagram is mostly photos, not necessarily of them, but of memes and other things. And so somewhere in my mind, I just registered, oh yeah, this is what is on Instagram, but I would get to see the person. I would get to <laughs> know the person's name. I would have this information. And when I didn't, when it was actually one of my team members, Serena said, Hey, you know that the funny dom is completely anonymous, right? And I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. And I had a little moment because I have a particular stance when it comes to who I am out loud and in the world. You know, my husband and I share pretty much everything. Like there's some in real time things that we're not sharing because it's close to home. I want to keep it close to chess kind of thing. And then maybe like next week we'll share it, (laughs) you know? So like maybe it won't be the night that we do a certain thing. Maybe it's a couple weeks after we do a certain thing, but we live very publicly and we live very out loud. And a big part of, uh, I would say my whole team's message and mission is to take these subjects and make them less taboo, make them less hidden and show regular people that, you know, out there, that we're exploring in a lot of these ways. And here we are, look and feel just like you. And so at first I hadn't really thought too much of it, but then I, well, when I first got the information, I knew I felt something. And then I was like, I don't really know what I'm feeling here. So I took maybe a day and then I went to the team. I was like, y'all, I'm a little bit conflicted with how I feel about having the funny Dom come onto the show because he, this person will be the first person that comes onto the show that our audience doesn't know who they are, but they get to know very vulnerable, intimate other portion of this person's life. They just don't get to know what his name is or what he looks like or anything like that. And I went back and forth with the team and it was kind of cute, I think, to them that I was so back and forth about it. And then eventually in the conversation, it led to, you know what? I want to do the interview anyway, and I want to ask him about it. I just want to ask him about it. And I want my audience to know that I actually had a little bit of a back and forth. And when I hear, and that's what I told myself and I told my team, they were mostly just listening to me as I process this out loud. And then I said, you know what? I'm just going to have him on in the show anyway, because for many reasons, one, you came as a very high recommendation from a friend of ours, Jessica, who you were on her show open late. She said, I think she's, she mentioned that you've been on her show a couple of times. And yeah. Um, yeah, and you were a high recommendation from her. And so, of course, I'd seen your stuff online. I love the memes. They very much resonate, whether they resonate in my current relationship, in my current marriage, or if they resonate from previous partnerships and, as, and times in my life, epochs in my life. I get a giggle out, out of them very frequently. And my team shares them pretty regularly. So outside of that, I knew that the conversation would get to be had differently from my perspective too, where I'm not, I'm also not looking at you and you're not looking at me. So maybe I would show up differently. 
maybe I would feel permission mm. to ask questions that if I were looking at you, maybe I wouldn't ask. So I was equal parts, I don't know about this, and equal parts, curious, let's do it, which kind of sounds like a lot of people's reaction to kink at large. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds like a mindful kind of exploring mm -hmm. instead of keeping it under wraps or behind, deciding to show the conversation, I think was a really good choice. Because it's more interesting. It means we get to have the conversation about why. Why was is that the case, and and what does that mean? And yeah, what is that discomfort? And what is the comfort? And what what changes does it make to the conversation and to the way we speak? I find voice is ninety percent of a connection with a conversation. That's why a phone call can be, you know, a four hour deep and meaningful. Mm -hmm because you don't even have the prospect of seeing someone, but you don't need to because they're right there. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's really quite simple for me, but we're totally fine with others being uncomfortable with it. And I would have the same, I've given the same advice to people that are talking to someone in, in being like a prospective connection or partner. If they have that level of anonymity, I, I say, well, that's in a given amount of time, that's a red flag. Right. You've got to have that ability to have trust. But um, because this is more a public representation, like so I'm not looking to connect with you to, to take you to dinner. <laughs> um, it's more about my boundaries and my comfort. But I totally understand people. Yeah, which I know, think is beautiful. Having questions about it. Yeah, we're going to have different types of people that are listening to the show as well. And for some people, this conversation and the things that we're going to talk about, they may feel a certain level of safety and calmness by the fact that they won't know who you are and they won't see you mm. as a, a person, you know, a public figure and they'll understand you are a person, but as a, a public figure like myself, like my name is out there. My face is out there. You know who you're connecting with here. It's like they can use their imagination. They can create the you that they would like to create. That feels the safest. Possibly. Yes. So I'm very fascinated yep. about it. So I had a feeling that my initial stuff that came up was going to be um, just inspire my curiosity and hopefully guide a really unique conversation that we haven't had on the show yet. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. So the funny Dom. So people by now, if they've been listening to my show for a minute, then they will know that when I say Dom, they'll know what I'm talking about. But you have the funny in front of it. So I would <laughs> love to hear, you know, a little bit about what that means to you and how you like to show up in the world. What is important to you that you bring into the world with the funny dumb? I think a lot of it is a little reactionary. When I started and looking around in the space, I was a big fan of, of Lena Dunes and Ask a Sub. And I couldn't find many representations on the other side of the slash. So I couldn't find Dom's doing what she was doing to kind of, you know, have as a role model. I was fine with having her as a role model. She still is my role model. But I just felt like, is there others? You know, who else is doing this? And I really couldn't find any. And so that's kind of how I started feeling like, oh, maybe, maybe I could be part of this space. Maybe that's something I could do. And it really just started as like doing a, a silly meme, very niche kind of, you know, you know, kinky meme every two weeks or six weeks. It was just an outlet, especially during lockdowns that we had here in Melbourne. And yeah, I just thought I would like to have fun with it. I just wanted to make it funny. I wanted to make it accessible and definitely a little provocative. But fun. I thought that the tension in these things need to be taken out. And I was bored of seeing the same generic kind of memes and black and white kind of imagery and this kind of dull, yeah, just boring masculinity that was getting represented yeah. that didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel like it had blood in it. It didn't feel like it had any soul to it or, again, or humour, mm -hmm. zero humour, like these constant suit-wearing <laughs> um, you know, Dom archetypes just feel boring. I'm like, I mean, I like the cut. I like the photography, which isn't yours, but, 
you know, you're boring as batshit. Like, I don't want to meet you. And and I just thought, well, that's not how I kind of communicate. Like, I like conversation. I like having a laugh. I like funny things. And I just thought, well, yeah, okay. So there's that and there's the Dom thing. And I'm very mostly and very strongly a, a daddy, but I didn't feel like that was what I wanted to represent because that's me, but that's kind of a, a personal side that is there but is more for partners. It's more for connection. And that wasn't what I wanted to do in this space. It was, you know, so I thought, no, it's more about the broad type and representation and making it accessible, making it, you know, okay and kind of normalizing it. So I thought, okay, well, yeah, then funny, funny Dom, let's, let's have fun with it. So I liked one of the first ones I did where I really kind of felt like, oh, this is a thing is they were often based on very real world. So I was literally doing laundry after mm-hmm. a big scene, which is <laughs> exactly by that laugh, you know, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> I had like the whole set of sheets and doona in my arms. And I realized that I was getting conditioned to be real spacey and proud doing laundry because of the association of why I was doing all that laundry. And I thought, oh, this is a thing. This is a very particular thing. And I thought if that's very particular, that means there's another, you know, hundred or another thousand people out there that it would really resonate with, you know, out of the billions. And so I found like a image of someone like happily doing like a domestic kind of, you know, cleaning, just really joyful on their face. And just that was one of the first memes that really connected to people was like, you know, Dom's cleaning up after a scene, like the pride of all the mess. Cause I really like that as a kind of grounding practice and as a way to kind of make tangible what just happened, even if it's the next day, like, think, Oh, I remember that. Um, and yet people got it and were like, yep. And it was comments and I was like, Oh, this is great. You know, it was probably like 20 <laughs> likes or something, you know, like this was like a couple of years ago, but it started to really just go, Oh, there's connection here. There's like, this feels like a little tiny community, you know, glimpse and it just kind of grew from there and, and got more and more kind of community and more connected and more discussion based. And now I think it is working that way where the fun stuff and the lightheartedness kind of takes tension out of it and, and makes it fun. But there's also a lot of like learning and conversation, which I, yeah, is what I'm proudest of. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, couldn't help, but as you started to describe kind of the more traditional, if that's a thing, the more traditional memes are of, you know, a clean cut guy with the hair and it's in the perfect spot. And he's got like the thumb in the mouth of the sub and she's kneeling on the ground or he's like, it's just very black and white and muted. I'm just imagining Mm -hmm. these things are like, there's a hand on a butt or it's just the back of the person and the head's down. And I just like can imagine these things and then, you know, ask a sub and then mentioning that account and then considering yours is the counter to that uh yeah i'm i'm realizing now that i hadn't pieced a lot of what you just described together i was so used to just seeing the stuff floating around and <laughs> and didn't even realize like y'all's things that that now i'm showing i don't know your accent shows where you're from but probably the most southern thing i could say is y'all's that's plural y'all <laughs> that's multiple y'all anyway so And y'all's accounts are so unique with the counter to that, which is the reality and the, you get the giggle out of it. And, you know, for so many people, whether they've done what they would call a scene or not, you know, even just after a play, like a big play sesh, you know, and if maybe they don't even use that language, they had sex (laughs) or they had lots of foreplay or they had some kind of interaction with bodies and fluids and something. All the same, all the same thing. Yeah. 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 But there's relatable things. And, and a lot of times, like whether they have like this crazy scene or not, there's some components that are relatable regardless. And both parties make a mess and both parties know to do laundry after. (laughs) 
And so even just having <laughs> someone so. who, yeah, well, I hope so. Yeah, for sure. So there was a couple of things that you said that I'm sure my audience was like, oh, I hope she double clicks on that. So mm. you said, you briefly said the words daddy dom and then moved on. And I'm sure, I mean, I've spoken a very little about it on the show, but I haven't had anyone on the show that, that associates with it. I have had people on the show that lean into that at times and can explain it, but don't explain it like you explain it for yourself. And then there was another thing that you said that I was stuck on Daddy Dom for reasons I won't go into. <laughs> so I'll, I think you I'll, double, I'll double click on that one first while I think about the other things I was trying to think about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's how I identify. It's me. It's mm-hmm. the, the most me kind of element, what that means. And then it's a good question. It's a good question for people to ask for partners too and for themselves, like what that means to you because there are meanings and and standard kind of things, but different. they mean different things to different people. They show up in different ways. For me, it is mostly kind of a care, caregiving, guiding, instructional kind of side, but it is kind of alongside a sadistic side as well and when they all kind of work together so it is kind of type of or the the you know the the archetype of what i embody in a dynamic and it doesn't mean that the opposite has to be a particular thing to be with that like it can be with different kinds of the other but that's mostly how I show up. And then the two in a dynamic, you know, the dynamic is the third thing. It adapts to each person. So it can kind of, it does change a little bit, but my kind of overall element is, is daddy. And it is authoritarian and caring and guiding and proud. These are like the chief things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, it can be disciplinarian and it can be punisher. And these sides all kind of sit alongside the other. Mm. And that's been a big part of the journey as well. And I think a common thing for our types is embracing all those sides, the sides that are a bit easier or a bit more acceptable seeming to accept, like be like the, the caregiving. That's very common. But to accept that with a sadistic side and understand that they not only don't contradict, but they actually can fuel each other is a big part of the understanding. Looking to spice up your toy box? Yoni Pleasure Palace is still at the very top of my list for high quality sexual and sensual products. Every time I go to their website, I am more and more impressed by their perfectly curated items. My husband, Jordan, and I recently received a brand new waterproof blanket that is in my favorite color, violet purple. We also received a stainless steel and rose quartz anal plug that is so sleek and sexy. Jordan loves when we use this. My personal favorite lube for self-pleasure is Yoni Elixir. It smells so light and delicious and is made with rose hip seed and jojoba oil. Literally every item I have from YPP becomes a favorite. I've given a cervix serpent to a friend for her birthday Yoni elixir as mother's blessings gifts for my soon to be mama friends to massage their vulvas and vaginal walls in preparation for birth and to encourage them to invite more pleasure into that process. I've traveled all over the world with my YPP waterproof blankets and I consistently reach for my gorgeous glass and crystal toys for self-pleasure practices. It is an absolute dream to be working with a brand I was already so head over heels in love with. Should you wish to add Yoni Pleasure Palace to your personal collection or to help a significant other add to their collection, check out the links in the show notes to receive special discounts on your items. You kind of touched on it, but sadistic, typically like when someone hears, oh, you're a sadist or something is sadistic, then that means typically people go, oh, that person likes to inflict pain. They're ruthless. They're cruel. But you just Mm. described it as caregiving. So how are you able 
to marry those together and blend them together while assuming the authority and being that dominant figure for someone and doing this kind of blending for someone who's consenting and not even just consenting, like they're allowing it to happen. They're enthusiastically wanting this to happen. Mm, Exactly. I mean, that's pretty key. There is the enjoyment of the inflicting and that needs to be understood and embraced as well and not shamed, Mm -hmm. but it is leveraged on or intrinsically dependent on the other being in need of that. And so what you're giving is just a different kind of care. It's just a different kind of energy that satisfies the other person and the gratitude and and connection that you can have with someone that feels that way is so tangible and, and moving that you can understand that it is it is just care, you know, and then you can just lean into the more superficial kind of elements that are just fun. Like I just really enjoy like tears. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really enjoy expressing that, like seeing it being possible and then, you know, letting a partner know like, oh, if that's going to happen, I will only be happy. Like don't push back against that or feel uncomfortable with that if that's a a feeling that comes up, you know, whether it's in response to a sensation or whether it's an emotional release, they're both great. They're both cathartic and they're both very just like pleasing to me on multiple levels. So, yeah, for me at this point, it's all intertwined and tuned and I'm very comfortable with it. Mm, I can hear it. So. I remember the other thing I wanted to double click on, but before I get to that thing, I am curious personally, but mainly for my audience here, what does the the counter or the opposite to the partner to a sadistic, I'll just use these words, sadistic daddy dom, what does that person typically look like? How do they typically show up? What do they typically embody? Well, to really look like, and I know it's not how you, how you meant it, but it's a good opportunity to, to touch on that. It's really good to underline how that is like, does not have a standard. The typical look like is every step on the spectrum of humans. And um, even though we have the, again, the standard dull kind of generic archetypes in media, just like we do with everything else, that is not what it is. It is not a look. It is a feeling. Mm-hmm. It is a mood. It is, you know, it is, if you want to say a vibe and all that, it's all those things that are not superficial. They're real, like kind of deep things that you feel when you look at a a position or a dynamic, you're looking at the, the connection between the two things, not the looks of each person. Right. Um, so it, that's what it looks like on that level. What does the person, it's, I mean, very broadly, a, a masochistic submissive. But that can be, again, there's like a hundred types of that and they can all connect, especially for me anyway, because my kind of, I do have a kind of versatile spectrum. So I've kind of connected to and played with pets, little more slave types, more service types, more kind of just baby girl types. Like these are all kind of more archetypal areas. Mm of the other and I can connect with all of them. So you don't have to go, oh, I'm this, so I need that. And I like, no, that's very – these kind of standards and words are useful, but if they become dogma, you've got to push back. You know, we don't want to get into that. That's what we're getting away from. You get, they should have to work for us and they have to have flexibility. So, yes, I love that. Thank you for sharing that in that way because – that's been my experience and I completely and totally agree. Whether it's a sadist or a masochist, whatever, it can look physically, aesthetically, look like a lot of different types of people. And it's more about that embodiment. And I've met people that quote unquote or air quotes look a certain part, but how they're showing up is not matching the way that they look. The energy's <laughs> not right. So it's not exactly. about a certain look. And then also if you really, you know, the look piece for people who really resonate, let's say with little girl or resonate with slave or something, then you can 
take something that already exists in the person and then add accoutrement, you know, add or take, take all their clothes away (laughs) or, or whatever it is, you know, to put them even further into that space. So, ah, great. Now the things that you just described or that you just listed out as far as oftentimes the counter or the person that the sadistic daddy dom plays with, would you be open to sharing a couple of ways or a couple of things and what actually I'll just share with you what I am hoping that I can deliver to my audience is people who are listening to this and they're curious about what you're saying and maybe the language they're not super familiar with. Cause I'm sure that, that, you know, with, with our show, I very much consider us to be a bridge where regular old normal vanilla folks seemingly as of today, you know, they are interested, they're curious, they're not quite sure what they might want to explore. A lot of this is new. We're a bridge to the other, but we, I like the space of introduction. I really love introducing these types of concepts to people that if it weren't for me, they might not find someone like you on the internet, but because they found me and because of how I show up online, I can bridge them over and hold their hand in a sense and say, Hey, look, these are real people too. And you actually might be just like them slash you're your own version of it. And a lot of fun and pleasures over here and feeling more authentically yourself is over here. Or I like to hold people's hands and go over a bridge and they go, Oh, absolutely not. I hated everything about that. And I'm like, okay, well keep my hand. Let's go back. (laughs) We'll find your flavor. Don't worry. So I like to just share that piece. What I'm hoping or what I'm, what I'd love is that through your description and the reason why I might seem to be kind of asking more more of kind of the same question a little bit is that I, what I want is for someone who's listening to go, I think that might be me. And then they give themselves permission and continuing to listen to an episode like this, give themselves permission to look at, you know, the, the, the fun term double click on some of the things that you listed out to see if that's how they feel inside as well. And that maybe there are things that they do behind the scenes or under the hood of themselves that they don't showcase, that they don't show a partner or they haven't brought into their dating life because they don't really have it figured out or they're telling themselves that who would want to interact with that thing. So does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of things in, in just there. I like, and I like that under the hood of themselves is a really interesting way. I kind of like think of that as awareness and behavior. There's a, people that have elements like this in their identity there'll be elements of this in their behavior, but they might not be doing it in a kind of aware way. And that is a huge difference when you become aware of it and lean into it. It's a massive difference in the behavior. So, yeah, I think that would be, I think that's part of my hope as well is, is yeah, seeing people and people feeling seen and then taking steps forward, even if the steps are just that they feel more valid. That's a huge step that will allow other steps. So if it's other people really going, oh, oh, I think, <laughs> I think, I think this is a whole thing that I need to. That I mean, absolutely, I'm all for that. Like, come over to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> the water's warm <laughs> <laughs> or cold, depending on what you need in this moment. <laughs> well, that's sensation play. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ah, it's so dynamic. I love that. And in each, Mm. and even as you say, sensation play, yes. And this can look like so many different things. Exploring in this world can look like so many different things for so many different people, which I absolutely love. So, and I know that, you know, going into daddy dom, going into what a lot of times are the counterparts to that, that's, you know, you mentioned your preferred flavor, but I know that that's not the only types of, that's not the only kink that you talk about. And and I know Mm. that that's not the only types of kink that you educate on, you know, and some of your online platforms where you have students and people coming to you wanting to learn about this world. What are some of the other things that you are really fascinated by that you find yourself talking about a lot? Yeah. Fascination is that's, yeah, that's key because it's part of what's great about this. And I've seen people have the, the kind of realization moment of that is it doesn't stop being fascinating. There's so much to it to kind of learn and observe and and then how that connects to you. And it's, yeah, it's, there's so much fascination and so many different elements. So talking to, I just talked to a, a male Dom partner in Berlin 
the other day mm-hmm. and we were talking about scene planning and formal kind of like scene planning, like play planning, like actually sitting down, which is a practice I do that I really encourage, especially for newer types to actually sit down and have a journal and pen and paper to actually plan out beforehand exactly what you plan to do with your partner and what you plan your partner to be instructed to do. And that it's not about the reality matching that, or it's not about coming up with some crazy blueprint of acrobatic, (laughs) you know, Netflix erotica on a boat with music playing (laughs) ridiculousness. It's not about that. It's about the mindset and the effort and the energy of doing that. And going into play with that kind of preparation, even if you then in the moment decide to take a left turn instead of a right turn and do something, you know, different, it's still planned. It's still coming from the same place. Um, So that kind of like specific focus with someone who is on my side of the slash, you know, is fascinating to do and to talk about. And I talked to another male Dom about uh, his collaring ceremony that he wants to kind of investigate and and construct. And that, that, was, a, that was a beautiful, like, yeah. kind of sweet, yeah, yeah. conversation because we were, we were coming up with it and I was like, what about this? And he's like, oh, oh, wow. And I'm like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And, like, it could be like this. And he's like, that's exactly what we like doing. I'm like, oh, that would be great. And, like, it was it was really nice. I really enjoyed it. And that was very like sweet, fascinating, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other, on the other side, we just like giving practical instruction or motivation to a, to a sub who isn't going to bed on time and is a bit bratty, mm-hmm. you know, and giving her like times to be off her phone or off screen, you know, for her own good. Mm-hmm. And I'm certain that my husband really hopes and wishes that I ask you for all of the ideas on how to treat a brat. Well, I do have a guide. So one of the other things I do, (laughs) (laughs) I do, I do one-on-one discourse and things and and discussion and one-on-one kind of coaching, but I also do written things. So I do little guides, which again, are meant to be accessible, lighthearted, but quite still quite practical and kind of serious guides on particular things, if I feel like these things are kind of in the kind of kinky zeitgeist and mm-hmm. there's misunderstanding, like, like what is a brat? What is bratting? You know? And I felt like there was a lot of negativity around that and there shouldn't be. And I was saying that to people a lot. And then I thought, I think I'm going to put this in a little guide. So I did a little guide to bratting, mm-hmm. uh, which goes through like what it actually is mm-hmm. and what the healthy version is and what the unhealthy version right, looks like. right. And what the misunderstanding is, because there's that whole taming aspect of like, oh, you suppose you have to like get them in line or you know break them or something. It's like, no, it's not a horse. Um, <laughs> you have to give space for it and understand it, and you have to not be insecure and threatened by it. Yeah. That is what needs to be broken: is any kind of ignorance or insecurity. It's actually a, a very playful, cathartic outlet for people that have that. It's a, it needs to be kind of given safety it needs to be met as well that's part of the container is if you're burning out and the other person doesn't react to it at all or doesn't like give you the feeling of being there then you feel alone mm-hmm. so it's really an invitation or an ask that's what pretty behavior is it's i look at it as like a radar ping if you're doing something you're just pinging you're sending out like the sonar like blip of like where are you i'm here where are you i'm here where are you and then having someone just be like, hey, I know what you're doing. <laughs> Who, me? See, that reaction. Exactly. That's you going I'm like, doing anything. <laughs> you're, you're here. Yeah. You know, you are here. I sent it out and it came back. Yeah. And that's beautiful. Like, that's just one connecting to another. That's all that is. And the words on top are the kind of fun bit of like, yeah, exactly. You already went into like, I didn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But underneath that is just, I'm here. I'm here. Where are you? Where are you? And then the answer of just, I'm here. Like, don't worry. I'm here. That's what it really is. And 
Sorry. Yeah, please. Yeah. I just, I I think people hearing this probably feel in some ways validated and they're maybe nodding their heads and they're like, yeah, I totally get the, I get what you're saying. And then when it comes to actually applying it into maybe their own lives, if they, especially if they're not sure what kind of flavor of kink they might be interested in, because I have this, you know, I happen to think that every person on the planet is kinky on some level. And if they are like, absolutely not, then they just haven't figured out what their kink is yet. And they may never. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, the, any practical or even emotional kind of advice that you could give to people who are maybe on your side, because you keep using the phrasing, your side of the slash for those that are not familiar, will you tell them what that means? Oh, of course. Yeah. So we often refer to it, the dynamic as DS. You write it out as D forward slash S, big D, little S, dominant submissive. So my side of the slash is all D types and the other type of the slash is all S types. And you can also be a switch. You can be both sides, but you still have a side that is on that side and you have a side that is on the other side. Right. So it still applies. So, yeah, so I often use that to just as a way of just shorthanding um, when I'm talking about one or the other. Yes. And so for those that, okay, I'm just going to use myself and my partnership because my husband listens to, I'm pretty sure he listens to every episode and I'm certain that he's going to wind up listening to this one too. So, hey, baby, this is for you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, baby. (laughs) Hey, baby, this is for you. No, it's questions of, and and this is also really brilliant to have someone come on and share the male perspective because I've had some of my friends that are here in Austin in Texas that are, we affectionately call them our two, our two blonde doms. So they're women. And so they have amazing things to share that any person, any type of person, any gender expression could take and run with for sure. And to have someone who is male who is a man who is sharing from that perspective. I don't know if it registers differently or even if it just feels different when maybe someone like, you know, my husband or somebody else's husband hears it. But anyway, not necessarily the point, but curious for whether it's, let's say Jordan, somebody else's partner, and they are partnered with someone that they can tell that there's something that's going on there, but they're not fully sure how to interact with it. How do they maybe encourage their partner to open up a little bit more? How can they get curious? What are ways that they can get curious and take something that oftentimes has this very sincere or serious kind of pressure around it and make it a little bit more exploratory while still maintaining the D or the S in a sense? Mm. Well, there's a few different things there. Kind of in- introducing or raising a thing, that's a whole thing. There's a lot of different ways you can do that that are just very, like, simple and, and easy, like watching a movie, you know, that you know has elements in it. The Love and Leashes movie that was on Netflix that came out, I think, last year. Love and Leashes? Um, yeah, you haven't heard of this? I am writing this down. No, I'm very surprised. Oh, yeah, that reverberated through communities around the world because it was a mainstream, I think it was Korean, Netflix film, but it was like a complete like wow. kink rom-com. And also, very- and also Korean. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think because for some weird reason it couldn't, that movie isn't going to get made in like America. It might now because that probably did good numbers on Netflix, but... Interesting. I'm yeah, actually really it's... surprised that it hasn't been brought up. But I mean, in our circles, typically I hear it right away. Someone sends it to me right away. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, gonna... if you give it a quick Google, yeah. you'll, it'll come up. Like I it's been Netflix. talked about a lot. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> I have plans it's today, very, but I know what I'm doing tomorrow. It's very sweet. It is very, really sweet and cute, but it actually gets so much right. It does so many things correctly and shows the sides of the slash really, really well. There's a lot of scenes that are very energetic or dynamic and there's not anything conventionally or, you know, cliched happening on screen. It's just, like, mm-hmm. ooh, ooh, there's vibe, or there's, there's something, there's energy. And it's great because it's a female 
more top dominant owner kind of personality and a male sub pet identity connecting. And there's not something that we see enough of. So watching something like that and watching it as a, as a rom-com and then just having to like, what do you think about that? Or having some conversation while you're watching it is a good way to kind of bring things up. All you can really do is bring things up and talk about them if you want to, because I do get so many messages often from like female, you know, from like women with partners, like how do I make my partner this? (laughs) It's like (laughs) you can't. Like unfortunately I could easily say like, oh, yeah, here's a 10-step way to do that and give that the answer and then just make a lot of money, but that would be bullshit. Because you can't make someone something. If you honestly, genuinely feel that that's what they are and they just need more realisation and actualization, then there's ways you can be there for that. But that's still all things that they need to do. Like this is like personal awareness and realisation and growth. So someone can introduce you. You know, it's the door thing. Someone can point it out. but the person doing it really needs to walk. So you can bring it up and you can talk about it and you can show resources. You know, you can show them memes of like Lena's or of mine, or, you know, you can have the, someone on my Patreon that has signed up and like given the set up the phone call, you know, the discussion for their partner, you know, so I can talk to them because they're kind of already in this space and just wanting to like progress, but you can't make someone into something or train someone or, or, you know, turn someone into these are not things that should be kind of thought of that way or done. And and often I fear that people actually, they just realize what they need and they're not getting it. And it's too scary to think that they need to change their life. Cue big size. (laughs) Yeah, it's not the easy thing to hear, but I do feel like that's a big chunk of reality, that there's just people with a part of their identity not being satisfied or met or seen, and that could just be because the person you're with doesn't have that other side. That's just not them. That's not bad. That's just not them, and you can't make them into that, you know. There's things they can learn and things they can do to like service and to top. You can you can learn ways to top, but being a dom or a sub is identity. You can't learn identity. It's who you are. Wow. A hush fell over the crowd. <laughs> you know, the people listening probably going, yep, that feels true. My body, that feels true. Funny dom, TFD. Yeah. 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 And that's whether a person, I mean, you're what you're saying there is relevant to kinky and non-kinky folks, people who would say maybe they aren't so kinky. So that brings me really towards my last question slash couple of questions that are, what do you think that kink in navigating this space, either side of the slash? What do you think that has teach people who would consider themselves vanilla? Like people who, you know, the everyday people that maybe I interact with whenever I, well, not so much in Austin, we're a pretty eclectic bunch here, but let's say I go home to South Louisiana and I'm very much immersed in what I would say is lots of different vanilla type communities, certainly on the outside. I don't know what their private lives are like. Some of them, I feel like I know what their private lives are like. So <laughs> I bet. <laughs> what do, I'm like, I would bet money. So, and I would bet money on some that I've been curious about for a while too. So swinging in the other direction. So what do you think kink? What are some things? Cause I'm sure that, that you think maybe it's more than just what you can list on the show, but what do you think are some things that kink can teach non kink or vanilla communities? Mm. I think there's a lot of things that really should be 
learnt and known by everyone. And I think, I think it's similar to. Uh, this is just from like listening to like Dan Savage a lot. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm a dumb head male, but for, from my understanding, a lot of the like gay and queer kind of community and and culture and ways of interacting, like there's a lot of you know self awareness and communication that others don't do or have, you know, and it's a standard. That's one of the things and it should be a, that kind of thing is something that everyone should do and that's the same in, in, in kink, the communication that is done as a standard or is kind of expected to be done. We should all be doing that and also care. I would say the number one thing is care. So in, in kink we have, you know, aftercare, which is really just the connection and the compassion and empathy actualized after play so the very like cliched vanilla thing of, a, of like a hookup or a one-night stand and you know and then sex and then both people separating and one just like getting dressed and leaving is like really like fucked <laughs> like Agreed. it's uh it's so unhealthy it's so again well, it's disconnection it's this thing that you're doing that is based on connection and then just and then just cutting the the tie and just abandoning each other and so aftercare is the opposite of that it's like this thing has happened and now we have like an intentioned aware mindful like lean in to care so usually like i would say 20 minutes to an hour and a half of just intentional like cuddling holding you know touching caressing bit of debriefing and there might be snacks, you know, there might be mm-hmm. music, there might be with me there's often more play because I get real primal in aftercare because it kind of keys into the the protective pride thing and the the daddy thing and the kind of bear kind of energy that I have. But it's about having that different space after that kind of play and it can be more vulnerable than the play. It can be more intimate yeah. than the actual play, but it's also more necessary than the other play. I would say a lot of the time, cause it's really connected and it's about like caring and energizing. So you feel like your batteries are more full after that. And then you can go back to reality. Cause if you've had any kind of space in this, which happens again on both sides of the slash, you have subspace and dom space which is literally a different like brain chemistry and a different psychological space that you're in. If you just snap from that to getting on a train or getting in your car or walking on a street with, you know, humans, <laughs> just reality outside, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that can be shocking. That can, and, then, and that can lead to depressive feelings, which we call drop. And I think a lot of people in vanilla, they, they deal with all these things. They just think it's normal. They just think this is part of life. Sometimes it feels like this. And it's like, it doesn't have to at all. Like if you know that, you can do these other practices as, as standard and, and feel so much better and get so much more out of it and expect so much more and not tolerate so much less, you know? Yeah. So I would say that would be the number one thing if I could just have all people do that. That element, that level of care and connection should be everybody has nothing to do with chains and whips and leather and Mm -hmm. even dynamics. It's just pure human one-to-one connection. Right, right. Yes. Okay, so what I'm really going to wrap us up with is – the other thing that I wanted to double click on, <laughs> like now I'm sitting on it. These scenes and the things that you do with your partners. So mm-hmm. when you were telling a story earlier and you talked about that meme and you talked about the laundry and how you were on your way to the laundry and you're kind of in a daze, like mm. in that bliss state of like being with the thing that just happened and you don't even mind doing the laundry. It's just like kind of this meditative process that winds up unfolding. What were you doing on the sheets before you had to put them in the laundry? <laughs> um, well, 
Oh, well, goodness. Um, <laughs> Just some ideas, you know, for folks when they, when they wrap this, they have some, you know, some things to noodle on maybe, maybe even to try. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a lot, but I mean, for, in terms of, laundry specific like i just re- <laughs> i really i really like squirting so i really like making a partner squirt and i like the language of making them squirt but mm-hmm. i like helping that happen it is they who are doing it but i like the kind of container of of it being something that i'm making them do that's the dynamic kind of way of of expressing it. Um, it's not the reality. And so I like both things happening. Like I like being able to make do it, but I like using that as well as a, as an instructional, if it might not have been a thing that they've done before potentially, which because I have had a lot of partners where that's a new, a newer thing. And so helping them realize that it's like really, really normal and fun and that I like it and that I, <laughs> I like giving praise for it. I like, Telling a partner she's being like such a good, messy, good girl. And I also, well, and because of that, practically, I now have a, you know, waterproof <laughs> mattress protector and, right. a, and, a, and a squirt blanket as well. Yes. So I really like that. That's mm-hmm. a thing I really like doing. And I like doing it like very dynamic, like holding the back of the head or holding the neck, you know, not necessarily choking or strangling and knowing the difference between those two things, Mm -hmm. but just gripping a neck is really the sensation of with one hand and then the other hand helping make that happen Mm -hmm. and then just praising through it and then going into care because it's such a like sensitive, you know, physical experience. That's definitely one of my favorite things. <laughs> Great. Um, and anyone who's been a longtime listener of the show is realizing that pretty much exactly what you just described is my one of, I think this is the number two most downloaded episode of the show is me describing an experience like this. And it was my introduction into BDSM. Ah, yep. It's well, it's a good one because sounded- it's about release and yeah, some of my best experience. I made a partner once squirt on herself. Um, because I was like above her and it kind of curled up my hand and it went all over her mm-hmm. like chest and even up to her mm-hmm. face. And that that's like one of my like, you know, kink mind Polaroids, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just the best. It's just the best, you know. And, yeah, in terms of messiness, that's definitely a top one. Impact and spanking is one of my like, I mean, it's a classic, but it mm-hmm. just is one of my favourites. So. They kind of over the knee, kind of pin down impact play with a lot of verbal play and very, very verbal. So a lot of talking through that is kind of my happy place. Sweet. So hopefully we've had lots of notes being taken by our listeners, a lot of bookmarks being placed, words to loop back around to scenes to possibly create and even beyond that, like you were saying, conversations to have. So even people who have played, you know, on some degree, maybe there's something that you shared in this conversation that is a new part of a conversation to bring up or a totally new subject to bring up. So these dynamics and these explorations are only possible by connecting human to human and talking about them. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I just thank you so much for coming onto the show and giving me a place to be kind of uncomfortable and also very curious <laughs> and working out our time zone differences because you were all the way over on the other side of the world in Melbourne, right? I mean, from my point of view, you're on the other side of the world, but I know well, what you mean. <laughs> okay, fine. On the other side of the world for me and then on the other side of the world from you. So it's both equal. That's right. Yeah. Different hemispheres. Yes. Well, thank you for working with us on making this happen and sharing so much of who you are outside of your name and your image, (laughs) but all the rest of you, the rest of it is a lot. How The rest of it, the rest of it is most. Is most. The rest of it is, the rest of it is most of it. It it really is. I love it. Um, And I like to, like to remind people like that, so that the imagery I do have, 
the like the artwork, which yeah. is by Instagram artist Leah Lolita. <laughs> if you like, if you knew me, like if you had seen me, and you then walk past me, like you like that's me. Yeah. So like it is, it is me. It's not like a Simpsons character version of me. You know, it's not like like a just an avatar. It is sure. me, and it is very much a mood of me. The expression of that photo is. Any like partners and people who look at it and go, oh my god, that's so you. <laughs> like that's so so okay. you can, yeah. It is very 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 much a likeness. It's just that one step removed, as we were saying. Um, but yeah, it's been a pleasure, and and I have had my coffee while we've had this conversation, yeah. and um, in my my followers would know about my grey daddy bathrobe <laughs> and it's been a lovely way to start a day with oh, a good yeah. conversation and I'm going to have some breakfast and then I'm going to watch the uh, the Warriors game because I'm a big Warriors fan and I hope they take the win the title and then I'm going to record some stories, you know, do some bedtime stories and some dynamic stories for, for my Patreon. So it's a, it's a really good day ahead for me. Living the dream. I love that. You'll be Maybe you'll be in- interested to know that I wrote down on my notebook here. I always have a notebook that's next to when I'm doing the podcast, like who to follow back up with and things to check out, you know, their offers and that kind of thing. And I wrote TFD call with Jordan. <laughs> that's right. I'm just going to snoop Good. around. I'm going to check in on Jordan. I'm going to go, I have another Dom for you to maybe have a conversation with. And I really mm-hmm. love the differences between like some people have the thing inside of them and some people learn how to top and that's for sure. Absolutely. And I'm yeah. not and I'm not sure. I'm not sure what Jordan would resonate with more, but I have an idea and either way, I mean, even if if Jordan were to really learn how to top really well and there wasn't some urge in him as far as the the dominant component goes, then we would still have a really amazing connection, provide really beautiful experiences for each other and for other people who we play with and all of that. And so Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's just knowing the difference and knowing that they're not making someone, you're helping them yeah. be what they already are, but exactly. just on a on a more actualized wow. like level. And 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 topping and service topping is a whole amazing thing. Yeah. That again sits alongside it. Like I have that as well. A lot of this that I'm doing is because I have a big like service top streak. So all this kind of <laughs> thing is helps, I mean, gives me a place to express that because it is about the service so yeah that'd be totally fine and 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 topping means you can do all the fun things you know the impact and the dynamic and positioning and all those things you can do as a top mm-hmm. and you can do at a at an extremely high level at the highest level yeah a lot of professionals really are tops they're really professional tops they might not even be elemental dominance they're right. just exceptional tops and and professional at it. And then in their private life, they could even be submissive. That's very common. I know people like that and it works really well. So yeah, that's fine. And you can learn those things. Yeah. You know, you can't learn to be a Scorpio, you know, if you're a Sagittarius, (laughs) it's like that. You just can't, you just, (laughs) it's just, you you are that and you might have other aspects and you can learn things, but there's a key kind of, you know, type or a key thing that you just are, Yeah, you know, and that they're all great. None of them are invalid. They're all wonderful. Absolutely. And I think that there's something definitely in that too for, for me, which I have stopped really putting any kind of pressure on him. It's been a self, like, I feel so lucky and fortunate. And I don't know, I, I guess I feel lucky and fortunate because of what I see around me, but I have, I have a partner who meets me. And I have a partner who's decided my, you know, he says, you know, my partner wants these things and I don't understand them. I have no clue what this is about. We first got together. It was like the perfect combination of kinky and vanilla that was like, well, I guess we should get married. <laughs> and so, but he ch- took that on as a personal growth challenge. And so there were times where I felt very sad because there, everything I wanted in and a partner was inside of him. And then there was this little component that in previous partners matched with me so well that I was afraid that I wasn't going to get to taste anymore. And I was really sad about it and being able to actually communicate that with him. But I don't want him to feel pressure that he's got to be a thing that he's not, that he's got to have some kind of component to his identity that isn't there. 
So even just like looking at these ways to share in play and dynamic is is so hopeful. You know, having this conversation with you, I'm definitely leaving much more hopeful. And so, you know, I know where to find you online at the Funny Dom on Instagram or going to your Patreon. Well, it's um it's returns now because I got uh, I got deleted twice. Oh, the Funny <laughs> so, Dom returns. Yes, I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah. And if it if it gets deleted again, that's the joke. I'm going to be like Tokyo Drift, or maybe um, Forever, or, or something with the, with the number four. Oh, based <laughs> off of Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah, because because the way they get puritanical, like I might get deleted as many times as there are Fast and Furious movies, but there'll always be another one. Oh my gosh, so, that's um, incredible. Okay, so it's the funny dumb returns. It is right now. It right is now. right now, and and has been fine for you know six months or something, but, but the Patreon is, the link is on the Instagram, um, but it's just the funny Dom. If you kind of do the Patreon search, Um, but yeah, funny Dom returns and yeah, come say hi, have a look at the memes, use them, share them with friends to like start conversations. I love it when I hear about that. So come check out my new one. I think I just did one with Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hawke and an eagle. (laughs) And the eagle is the eagle is a sex toy. (laughs) Great. I'm on my way. CFD, thank you. I appreciate you. Have a beautiful rest of your day in your robe, post coffee, going to make funny things that are about real things in the world. I appreciate the work that you do. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me and thanks for um, working this out with our time zones and yeah, helping me have a, a lovely, connected, conversational morning. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.